Amen. Amen. How are you? So we're in the middle of a series of conversations titled The Invitation. If you've been with us the last several weeks since Easter, that's what we've been talking about. This morning, if you're online, welcome to One Hope. What we've been talking about so far is in Jesus coming to us. In Jesus coming to this earth, we have the greatest invitation that we've ever received for anything in our life. It's an invitation to a different kind of life. It's an invitation to think, is there a different kind of way? Now this whole series has been built on a conversation that Jesus had with the religious people uh, back when he was here on earth. And he had to speak to them pretty candidly. He had to speak to them pretty directly. He had to speak to them in a way that maybe shook them, maybe moved them into even being open to a different kind of life. He's letting them know they had to change the way they thought. He had to change the way, they had to change the way they lived. They had to be open to maybe changing their belief of what they thought was truth. Jesus had to grab a hold of them and say, hey, there's a different way. But he also needed to let them know there's an invitation. There's an invitation that you have. There's an invitation that you've been given, but you are going to have to say yes to this invitation to Jesus. Because if you don't say yes to this invitation, you're going to miss on everything that God has planned for their life. And the reason we've been walking down this road, the reason that we've been having this conversation is because It's the same invitation that's given to us. The same invitation, the same way Jesus was talking to those religious people is the same way he's talking to us. Will we say yes? Will we say yes to what God has planned for us, invited us to through Jesus? It just doesn't happen by accident. There's got to be a moment, and I would say even moments in our life, when we say yes. So, so far this month, what we've gone through is we've talked about saying yes to Jesus in giving our life to him, okay? So, believing that he is the way, the truth, the life. He is the way to forgiveness. And then after believing in his death and resurrection, what we do is we say yes to giving our life back to him in the same way he gave it to us. That's the first invitation. If you're on Easter, here on Easter, that was the first invitation. God's like, I'm giving you my life through Jesus. Now I'm asking you to give your life back. But what I said after that, the next week, if you're a part of it, I said there's got to be a big understanding There's got to be a clear understanding of what comes with that first yes. When we say yes to Jesus, now we're saying yes to him being the author of our life. The one that gives direction, or how I said it, was that he gets to set the agenda now. So what that means is it's not only saying yes to salvation, it's to the yeses that come after. And I believe the first yes or the first invitation that we need to say yes to was a yes to being a disciple, okay? Because what we've tried to make very clear was believing in Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus are two different things. 
Believing in Jesus and believing and being a disciple of Jesus are two different things. I never want us to miss that. So the invitation to be a disciple is to be with him, to become like him, to uh, do what he did on this earth. That's what it means to be a disciple. But then last week we went one step further. And it's been funny for me. Even this morning I got another comment. Actually, I got two comments this morning. I got texts all through this week that last week I said the invitation we have next is to an invitation to living a life of grace. You know what texts I got all week? Scott, I don't need you to speak about grace anymore. I don't know if that was you, but I don't want you to speak about grace anymore because God has been testing me all week long. It started even as you were speaking. I could just feel it moving in me. And I, I do not want you to speak about grace because I think God was seeing if I was going to be serious about saying yes. I didn't have any sympathy though because I already told you in preparation. I was already there. I'd already been put in that moment. So this is what God does when we say yes. I think sometimes we begin to have filters. We begin to live it out. And are we true? Are we truly going to say yes with the agenda that God has for us? And that second week is, will we be a disciple of Jesus and how we live out grace in our lives. We live out the grace personally and then when we give it to others. But I want us to know, as we say yes to those two things, there are going to be drastic changes in our lives. When we say yes to these invitations, there are going to be changes in our lives, but it's for our good. But now we move on to the next invitation we move on to today. And, and another invitation for life to be lived differently. Get this. His invitations are always an invitation to live life differently. But I got a question for you. What is the most valuable thing someone has ever given you? If I say, what's the most valuable thing someone's ever given you? What pops into your head? I was thinking about it this week. And, I was, and, and many of the things that I consider valuable have been things that are in my office. You can see this picture right here. This, was, this is hanging in my office. And this was given to me several weeks ago, actually. It, it's, a, it's a piece of art of the North Carolina versus Georgetown 1982 championship game. If you know me, I, I really love North Carolina basketball. And someone knew that. And it was in their closet, and they said, Scott, I think you would really like this. Do you want it for your office? <laughs> yeah, let's go. So they brought it by. Well, you know what I found out later? You can't see it too, too clearly there, but no, no, go back. You, there's an, go back. There's an autograph on the bottom from Rick Rush. There's an autograph from James Worthy, who's number 52 there, and it's an artist print. I found out later that in per this person giving it to me had a lot of value to it that I didn't even know, worth, to be honest, several thousand dollars. And I thought to myself, wow, I can't believe someone would give that to me. But then another one, now you can go to the next one, is it's a, it's a frame of an autograph of Vince Carter, who's my favorite basketball player. This is valuable to me because I got it a couple years ago and it was several weeks after my dad's death. My birthday was coming up and someone came by the church and they said, Scott, I wanted to give this to you because, well, I know you've been going through a hard time and I just wanted you to have this early. Of course, I love what this is because, you know, I love sports and, and he is my favorite player. But it was this thought that they had of you're going through a tough time. I want to bless you with this. It was cool. Then the next one, there's this yellow flag that you'll see in my office. 
Sister Scott, best wishes, Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer and I did not meet. He wishes. Where this comes from and why it's so much value to me is there's a youth kid. Back when I lived in Buffalo, went to Florida, and his family was on the, at the Bay Hill Club, and they happened to run into Arnold Palmer. And in that moment, I still can't believe it to this day, in that moment, his thought was, my youth pastor loves golf. My youth pastor would love an autographed flag from Bay Hill. And that's what he did. I can't believe out of himself, he's like, I want to give this to my youth pastor. And so it's framed and it's in my office and it means so much to me. It has so much value to me beyond just the autograph, how I got it. And then a couple years ago, we went to Israel and we're going back there. You can go to the next one. We're going back there um, in 2022 if you want to come in November. Those are oil lamps. The one on the left is from the days of Constantine. The one on the right is from the days of Jesus. I love these kind of things. I love artifacts. I love history. And we went to Israel and I was in Old Town Jerusalem. And I was looking at these. And I really wanted to bring one home because there's a lot of expensive things and this kind of was more inside the budget sort of. And I'm like, I really want to get one, but I was, I was hemming and hawing. I'm like, I'm not sure if... I want to buy it. Went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I decided, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to spend our money on that. So I left. It was a few weeks later, I walk into my office. And there it is sitting on my desk. Someone on the trip saw me wrestling back and forth and without me knowing it, bought it and gave it to me for Christmas. And I think about that person that it just it has so much value to me because of just what's behind it in the story, but also that someone would just say, Scott, I want to give this to you. And then the next one, on that same trip, we had an experience on the Sea of Galilee. We had experiences, we're on the boat, and God did a powerful thing in my life began to speak to me about, and I've said it to you a bunch since then, is the power of what's on the other side of the boat when we're willing to obey Jesus and just throw our nets out. And I'd spoken to the group about it, and the last night came. And they're down in the lobby of the hotel. They said, Scott, come on down. They talked, and they gave me this. This means so much to me. There's so much value to this for me. Because of an experience I had with that group, but also that moment that I had that they were able to grab it and say, here's a way to remember it. And so it sits there in my office and I look and say, man, I wouldn't give that away. I wouldn't give that away because it means so much. What's the most valuable thing someone has given to you? But I'm not done there because sometimes it's not things. And when I was thinking this week, what's the most valuable thing someone has given to you? I think about a guy in the church. A guy in the church named Larry Miles, another guy named Charles Gann. If you know me, you know, what's the nice way to say it? I'm not very smart with things at my house. I'm not what we call handy, right? Like that's, we know this about me. Well, in a moment's notice, plenty of times in my life, I am one phone call away to Larry. 
I'm one phone call away from if I'm in need. It was recently, hot water heater goes out. Larry, what do I do? Him and Charles there, we've got a couple heating elements, put them in, old one's gone, we've got hot water. Garbage disposal, water's coming up, what do I do? I put, I had a coat hanger and I was putting it in there trying to see if I could, just love me for who I am. Larry, what do I do? Next thing you know, at the house. At the house. This white powder, I don't know, magic powder is what it is. They bought, bring it over, put it in. The thing I love about it is not just their skill, is they are busy people. And they gave themselves to me in this way when I needed them the most. And then the last one I was thinking about was, again, once my, my dad passed away a couple years ago. I got a phone call that the cancer had gotten to his brain, and, and we didn't think it was going to be many moments left, and Amber's like, you got to go. I'm like, oh, I got to speak. We got church stuff. How do I fly up there? We're looking at flights, and the, they were a mess. They weren't going to line up. I got to get there really quickly, and in that moment, staff member Scott will take care of it. People in the church will take care of it. Someone in the church, Scott, I'll fly you up there. Like, these are valuable moments in my life. Sometimes things are valuable because of actual value that you can put your hands on. And other times, the most valuable things that people can give you, you can't quantify. But they're so, so valuable. After 16 years of being here, there are so many things that I can say that I have, have stories and moments that mean so much to me and I'll never forget I won't forget it because when people do this, it makes an impact on your life, doesn't it? When people do things for you, it's almost like they put an imprint on your life. That's what the most meaningful things do. It's what the most valuable things do to us. We don't forget them. They last forever. Now, there's a reason I think they last forever. Is I think when we begin to live this out, what's happening is is that part of God's image that's been put in us is beginning to be seen out of us. The character of God that he's put in us begins to be seen by people on the outside. And that's where the series started, didn't we? God giving himself away to us. But I want to tell you, another invitation comes. From God giving himself to us. And it's an invitation that isn't always easy, but it's something that we're all called to. When he gives himself to us, his invitation for us is now to give ourselves away to others. Just like last week, if we're going to be a disciple of Jesus... Uh, we need to begin to live a life of grace. If we're going to be a disciple of Jesus, we need to live a life where we are giving ourselves away to others. If we're going to say yes to Jesus, to be his disciples, this is going to be a character of our life. But the problem is, is this isn't natural for most. It's not easy for many. To live the way we're invited to by Jesus is not easy for most. It's not lived by many. This is true today for us, but in the same way, it was true for the same people that Jesus was living with when he was on this earth. 
Because it doesn't come naturally to people, what we'll see is Jesus always has to make this point so that people will begin to see what it looks like to give ourselves away. It's like in Mark 12. Let me read for you Mark chapter 12, verse 41. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins with only a few cents. Calling his disciples, this is where I want you to get this point, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, a poor widow, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. What is Jesus doing in this moment? Think, what is Jesus doing in this moment? He's called his disciples. If he calls his disciples to see this, he wants something to happen. He is putting a spotlight on the example of how life should be lived. He's putting a big spotlight on what it means to give yourself away. And he needs his disciples to see this. Just like you need them to see us in John chapter 12. I'll just tell the story to you. Jesus is eating a meal in a town called Bethany. This meal is put on by Martha and um, Mary in honor of Jesus because of what he had done for Lazarus and so many people when he brought, brought Lazarus back from the dead, all right? After the meal is done, what you'll see is Mary tastes this expensive perfume and she begins to wash the feet of Jesus. Now, we know some or all of the disciples were in that room. Because in this moment, Judas, the, the, the Judas that we know, says to Jesus, why didn't she sell the perfume and we could use that money, which would have been a great amount of money, to feed the poor? Well, John makes it really clear. He's putting a contrasting picture here. He's making it really clear that Judas didn't care about the poor. Judas had actually been stealing from the money bag, and that's what he wanted. And so Jesus makes this point that Judas, you are consumed with what you wanted, where Mary was consumed with worshiping me. You are consumed with what you wanted. You are consumed. Mary is concerned about giving herself away to me in worship. She gave something of great value to honor Jesus. And so her worship of Jesus through her generosity was seen by Jesus, but not only seen by Jesus. He's like, hey, disciples. Hey, people are going to read about the, put a spotlight and show you what this looks like. Because it's hard to live this way. The disciples struggled to live this way. If you read through the Gospels, you'll see so many moments where all they thought about was themselves. Disciples put themselves first. They had moments where they're just trying to get ahead and how can they advance themselves and Jesus has to put them in check. He had to show them there's a different way to live. Like in Matthew chapter 20, when they're fighting with themselves. Who's going to be remembered? Who's going to be great? Who's going to be important? Jesus is like, hey, 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 hey. Not so with you. Easy. Not so with you. 
Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus in this moment has to grab a hold of him. He goes, hey, that's not how we live. Not so with you. He's trying to help them become more like him. He knows this is a human struggle. So he has to make this point over and over and over and over again. He has to put a spotlight on these moments and go, hey, see this? This is the way to live because you're not going to do this naturally. I need to put a spotlight here because if it was up to you, you're going to look out for yourself. Could that be said of you? Like it could be said of me, I'm going to tell you. Like, in my nature, I'm going to look out for me. So Jesus puts these spotlight moments going, hey, this is how you live. But the best thing about Jesus is he wasn't just a man of words. He was a man of action. He didn't say, just do as I tell you. He said, watch me. He said, watch me, I'll show you how it's done. And all throughout his life, he's putting people ahead of him. He, he's, he's, throughout his life, he's sitting with people, he's talking with people, he's listening to people, he's healing, he's empathizing, he's valuing, he's loving people all around him. Like in the moment where he stops and has an encounter with this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, Mark chapter 5. Mark tells us that Jesus is on his way to do something really important in someone's house. But the crowds start gathering around him, and all of a sudden a woman grabs the bottom of his clothes, and he stops, and he speaks to her. And in this moment, she is healed. Here's what I want us to see quickly here. She is important enough Even though he has something important to do, what does he do? He stops and he gives himself. When he gives himself, she is healed. He stops, he invests in her life. He gives himself away in this moment. That's how Jesus lives. He lived that through his life, even to the last moments. Even to the last moments of his life, he's, he's having a meal with his disciples, or what I want you to catch is his followers, okay? He's having a last meal with his followers in John chapter 13. And during this meal, he takes what he's wearing off and he wraps it around his waist. And what does he do if you know this story? He bends over and begins to wash his followers' feet. Here, catch this. Don't just get the washing the feet part. Whose feet is he washing? His followers, his disciples. He's washing the dirty feet of people that are beneath him. He's washing the dirty feet of the people who says, I'll follow you and give my life to you. He says, no, no, no. That's not just a one-way street. I'm giving myself to you. He bends down and he makes himself less in front of them. He's giving himself away. Just another time that Jesus gives himself away. And he says this, this is how we live. If you're going to follow me, 
my invitation is to live life in a different way. It's just a different kind of life. I'm inviting you to give yourself away. I love the story of Jesus washing his followers' feet. It gives me an amazing picture of, Scott, this is how you are to live life. And I try to live every day with the mindset, I'm washing people's feet. Because it's the ultimate picture of what it means to give yourself away, except maybe not. Because Jesus doesn't stop there, does he? It's an amazing picture for me, but Jesus goes one step further. Now, the reason we come here every week, the reason we give our lives to Jesus is because he goes to one step further. And him going on the cross and dying on that cross gives a picture of the ultimate, greatest level of giving yourself away. Because when he's on the cross, two things happen. On the cross, two things happen. The picture I think we need to see is he... Our sins are forgiven and we're given life for eternity. His sins are forgiven, we're given life, and his life gives us life. But that's not all that happens on the cross. I think what we need to grasp is on that cross, our sins are forgiven, but also an example of how to live is put right in front of us. We may not be called to death in this way. But we are invited to live a life the way Jesus lived. And that's what he's talking about in Matthew chapter 16. He says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. What's take up their cross? Death. The cross is a symbol of death. And follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life from me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? I want you to understand something I'm going to say as clear as possible, and I never want you to forget it. We are never more like Jesus than when we are giving ourselves away to others. If we are called to become more like Jesus, if we're called to be a disciple of Jesus, which means we're with him, we become like him and then live as Jesus did, you are never more like Jesus than when you are giving yourself away to others because at the core is this not who Jesus is. So that's where the question goes today. That's where I want to land today. That's where I want to challenge you today. That's where I want to push us to another level. Week one was about salvation. The second week was about being a disciple. Last week, living a life of grace. This week, giving ourselves away. Will we say yes to this invitation? An invitation that doesn't come naturally? An invitation that is not going to be easy? An invitation that is not convenient? An invitation that's going to pull us out of, our, out, out of ourselves? Will you say yes to the invitation when the world around you, the example is going to be, no, I've got to make sure I'm good. 
will you say yes to this invitation when it's just easier to say no? For instance, will you say yes when someone needs an ear to listen to them because they're struggling? Maybe this is the moment you're giving yourself away. Will you say yes when someone needs an ear to listen because they're really struggling? Will you be able to stop? Will you say yes to those moments when you see someone just struggling in life and they just need someone to sit and listen to them? Will you just take a moment away from your busyness and say, you're worth the time to sit and listen to what you're going through? Will you say yes when someone needs to hear a word of wisdom spoken into their lives? Sometimes you need to take your history of life and be willing to stop and say, hey, I'll talk this through with you. This is why I love multi-generations being in life together. There are things that people have been through that I've not been through yet. But then there are things that I've been through that people behind me have not been through yet. And, and the question I have is, will we say yes to give ourselves away, to give a word of wisdom to someone who doesn't know what their next move is. Doesn't know they're just lost. They're lost. And what the next thing is for their life. They just need wisdom. Will you be that person? Will you say yes to saying a powerful prayer over someone to cover, to protect, and to remind them who they are in Jesus? Some of you have been, you've grown and your maturity in your prayer life that you can speak a prayer over someone that can change their perspective on everything. Someone, some of you have been given a gift to pray and in, in a moment someone doesn't need your words, they need a prayer spoken over them. There's a prayer of protection, there's a prayer of covering, there's a prayer of like, hey, this is who you are in Jesus. And maybe you are the vessel in where Jesus can be experienced because you're willing to stop and just say a prayer over someone. Will you say yes to that? Maybe will you say yes to a friend who needs you to take a stand with them because they feel like they're standing alone. Have you ever stood alone? Have you ever fought for something? Have you ever tried to get, you know, do something in life and you feel like I'm completely alone? What's it like when someone comes and stands beside you and says, hey, I'll stand with you. I'll stand with you. The difference between feeling like you're on an island alone versus someone standing with you. Will you give yourself away when the opportunity comes just to say, I'm standing here with you? Maybe your yes is to a financial, to give a financial blessing to someone because they can't find a way to meet, to, to, for their ends to meet. I think one of the things that God wants to push us to is to be a little more open-handed with the blessing of our finances. I think one of the things we do is, um, is when we get, when we work, we think it's ours and we hold tightly. And maybe sometimes God's gonna come and say, I've provided for you so you can help provide for other people. That's tough. Some people are really good at giving their time. 
to give you finances? Sometimes our hands are so tight on our money and God's like, hey, you're the one that's going to meet the need for that person. You've got to open your hand a little bit. It's not just about your time. Maybe you view your finances are not your own anyways. They're God's. And he wants to grow us in that area. Will you say yes to the invitation to give yourself away, even through your finances? A couple more. Will you say yes to stop and serve someone because they can't accomplish what they need to do by themselves? This is, I'll say, the, the, the Larry Miles effect in my life. Charles Gann effect in my life. I can't do it. I'm doing that coat hanger thing, right? Like, I can't do it. But they're like, hey, we'll stop what we're doing and we'll serve you because you will not figure this out. Sometimes that happens in our life, but could I be honest that sometimes that happens here. God is using this place to make a difference in people's lives, but we got to come together and do this. I would love to say that every person that's a part of One Hope has found their place where they can serve to make God's church more effective. In, in, in first impressions, in the lobbies, in the parking lot, in our children's ministry, we need you. Just once a month, will you say, hey, I'll help out the kids? In our youth ministry, in our small groups, on the worship team. Like, there are places to serve in this place that I want to be a part of what God's doing here because we can't just do this by ourselves. This, do you know this church doesn't run by the pastors or the staff making things happen? we got to do this together. Will you say yes to serving someone in your life? Maybe finding your place in your church to serve. And then the last one I thought about was, will you say yes to the invitation to grieve with someone because their pain is too much for that one person to carry? You know what it's like to have someone cry with you? versus just crying alone. What that feels like. For someone to put their arm around you when you just, it's too heavy of a burden to carry and you're like, someone's in this with me. Will you give yourself emotionally to someone that way? Here's what I'll say. Every day has moments to say yes, to give ourselves away. The big question for our life is, will we make ourselves available to that? Is your life available for God to use you in the invitation to give yourself away? The big question for me is, are we going to follow the example of Jesus and say yes, or are we going to just say, I've got other things I want to do? And I'll end today with the final, some of the final words of Jesus in John 15. He said, my command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's, friend, for one's friends. Circumstances are going to come into your life. Here's what I'm going to propose this week. is just as I had people tell me, Scott, when you spoke about grace, all of a sudden God showed me all these areas of grace I'm going to grow. What I propose is going to happen this week is God's going to expose you. You're going to give you eyes to see. I think the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you about giving yourself away. And the question is going to be, do, do I say yes or do I carry on and do my thing? The purpose of this message 
is simply this. I want us to become more like Jesus every day. You are searching for purpose in your life maybe, and I'll say there's no greater purpose than to saying, Jesus, I want to be like you in giving myself away. That's what I think our calling is. But the question will always come down to, are you available and do you even care to become more like Jesus every day? Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, may this message this morning turn something in us. May this message this morning stir something up where we move out of a place of just looking out for me, but that we would listen to the Holy Spirit in our life that says, hey, this is a moment you can give yourself away. That maybe this is a moment where we can be more like your son Jesus. God, you've given us a great invitation that we get to live as you lived on this earth. And part of living on this earth is being available to people around us to give ourselves away. God, I just pray we have eyes to see. I pray that people would see Jesus in us, but because how we interact with people around us. I pray, God, that we would say no to protecting our time, protecting our finances, to protecting our emotions, protecting just everything. Just say, we give ourselves away to people who need us. And in that, will you do a great work through us? And may lives be changed because of your power being experienced because of our lives trying to model yours. And so God, will you just move this week, I ask for people's lives. Will you do something special in each one of our lives that you show us a way that we can get better at this? Thanks for wanting to grow us. Thanks for wanting to invest in our lives so we can invest in others. And so we give you our lives today. And it's your name we pray, amen.